We're holding in the middle of the parak. We're up to the story of Mechiras Yosef, the sale of Yosef at Sadik. And basically, we're going to talk about also the cherem that Yosef's brothers made about uh, an embargo on, on uh, communicating about to Yaakov, you know, about the sale of Yosef. And then afterwards, in the, in the next two, two weeks afterwards, the Medrash goes off on a tangent about the idea of cherem in general and goes through different stories in Tanakh that talk about this idea of cherem. Okay, so up towards Rabbi Shmuel Aimer. Rabbi Shmuel Aimer, Rabbi Shmuel says, call Ben Zaykain Chaviv La'aviv. Any Ben Zaykain, Pashas means a son who's born to an elderly father, is Chaviv La'aviv. He's dear to his father. Shinemer, as it says in the Pasuk, and we're holding over here in the beginning of Pashas Vayeshev, Page loved Yosef more than all of his other sons. because Yosef was a ben zikunim. So the the pashas understanding is that Yosef was the son of Yaakov Avinu when Yaakov Avinu was old. So that's why Yaakov Avinu loved Yosef especially so. Asks Medrash, "Vichi ben zikunim Yosef." Was Yosef the Ben Zakunim, the let's say the, the son of Yaakovinu's old age, which would imply that Yosef was Yaakovinu's youngest son? Wasn't Binyamin Yaakovinu's youngest son? He was born six years after Yosef. So why are we saying that Yosef was especially dear to Yaakovinu because he was his let's say his youngest son? Binyamin was even younger than Yosef. Rather, the med- the Medrash is going to say that the reason why Yaakov Avinu loved Yosef more than the other brothers is for a different reason. Rather, because Yaakov Avinu saw through his prophecy that Yosef is destined to be the king, so therefore Yaakov Avinu loved Yosef more than all his other sons. What, does that make sense? Because he's going to be the king, that's why Yaakov loved Yosef more. So Mufarshim explained that what it means is because Yosef was destined to be the king and Yaakov knew that in his old age, he's going to be supported by Yosef. Vayichalkel Yosef, what the Lashon of the Apostles, Vayichalkel Yosef is Aviv, Yosef supported his father in Parshish Vayichi, so he knew that Yosef was going to support him in his old age, so that's why Yosef is called a Ben Zekunim, a son of his old age. The son who's going to support him in his old age, and that's why Yaakov loved Yosef so much, because he knew through Nevoah that Yosef was destined to be the one who's going to support him in his old age. Not because Stami was the youngest, because he wasn't the youngest, Binyamin was the youngest. Interesting, so we can also call Binyamin the, the, the Ben Zekunim. Right. The, the Chumash never refers to, to Binyamin as being the, the Ben Zekunim. Right. It's not wrong to say that. Right. And the Ramban says, the Ramban Chumash says that Ben Zekunim means the, the, the son of your old age, the one, the one who's going to help you out in your old age. So Yosef was like the last one left in the house because he was like, you know, the, from the younger kids. So he wasn't like married yet and he didn't have his own family. So he was still around in the house to help out Yaakov, you know. But, so that's why he's called a Ben Zekunim. Masha'enke Binyamin, he was too young to help. So he, didn't, he couldn't help out. Yosef was 17 years old. If Binyamin was six years younger than him, so Binyamin was 11 at the time that Yosef was sold. What? Says the bit. What? Yeah. 
the kino is a kino gedola, and Yosef's brothers had great jealousy. They jealousized a great jealousy over him. Shinamar it says the pasuk vayiru echav ki yosei ahavavihem. His brothers saw that he was the one that his father had loved, and they became jealous. And Marzuk says it's not pshat that they became jealous that their father loved him because because he was the ben zakunim, and then they were jealous because well because. That's not, it would be natural that the father would love the Ben Zakunim over the other children. So that wasn't what they were jealous about. Rather, they were jealous about the fact why, the reason why Yaakovinu loved Yosef more. Because Yaakovinu saw that Yosef was going to be king and possibly that he was going to sustain him in his old age. So they, they were jealous of that Nakuda. That, that Yosef is going to be Zecha to that Mila, to that, that status, and they're not. And then it came mamish. It was mamish in their face. Furthermore, Yosef saw in his dream that he's destined to become king. And he told his father. And that caused them to add jealousy upon jealousy. And they added more. They they continued to hate him even more. It was, it was because the, the story with the dream made it in their face that Yosef is going to be the king in the future. He's going to be the king over them, and they're not going to have that same status. So it was in their it was mamish in their face. So that just made them more angry, more jealous, and they hated him even more. Uh, it says in the pasuk about Yosef that he was 17 years old. Who nar as bnei vilhav as bnei zilpan neshei aviv. And Yosef brought bad words about his brothers to his father. And it said, right before that, it said that he was playing as a child with the children of Bilal and Zilpah. So the Menish um, expands on the juxtaposition between those two ideas. Yosef saw the children of the Pilagshim, meaning the children of Bil and Zuppah, meaning Don of Tali, God and Asher, he saw that they were eating Bisar Alias Kvasim, the meat of the fatty meat of the tail of uh, goats. No, sheep. Of sheep, sorry. Kishahin Chaim, while the sheep were still alive. And he uh, he spread the uh, the disgrace, their disgrace about them in front of the father. Meaning, he said, he, he told Yaakov, you know, these guys, Don Aftali, God Usher, they're eating off live animals like these tails or whatever. Shema it says the positive and they couldn't say any words of peace to him because there was some animosity. See, there was some verbal animosity between them. So the Medrash is saying that what happened was that Yosef was saying rumors about the children of the Pilagshim, that they would eat these tails off of live animals. Tagiminusan also brings us down that they would eat tails and the ears from live animals, from live sheep. That's the way that the Medrash over here says it. Right, so Rashi and Chumash says it slightly differently. R- Rashi and Chumash says that Yosef said rumors about, not about the Bnei Pilagshim, but about all of Yosef's brothers. Three rumors. One rumor that they would eat Avram in Achai. One rumor that they were uh, hanging around non-Jewish women. And one rumor that they were disparaging the Bnei Ashfaches, the, the children of the, of the Pilagshim. The, the, the ones that the Medrash over here is saying that the rumors were specifically aimed at them. So the, Medrash, the other Medrash that Rashi quotes in Chumash is saying that the, the, the complaint was that the other brothers were disparaging these brothers. 
And Rav Chaim Falach over here says that you know these two midrashim don't necessarily jive, because the question is, was Yosef on the side of the Bnei Plagshim or he was against them? Over here, Medrash sounds like he was against them. In Rashi and Chumash, it sounds like he was defending them and saying that the other brothers were disparaging them. Okay. When the Medrash says over there, the Rashi says in Chumash that, that he was complaining that they ate Avram and Achai. So then the question is, well, were they really eating Avram and Achai? And what did Yosef see that he thought they were eating Avram and Achai? That really they were doing something that Pashas is mutter. There's different explanations that they give. Like these things, Possibly. Could not be considered an It could be. You could say that, 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 that this measure is just sort of answering that by saying it was the tail, or Tiger Manus is saying the tail and the ear. It could be. There's, there's multiple explanations. There's a famous shot they say that, that they created animals with Sefer Yitzira, and they were eating those. There's no Abraham and Achai by animals created from Sefer Yitzira. When I was a chassan, I wrote a kuntris for my chassan called um, Lacham Mimerchak. And one of the one of the pieces in that kuntris was thirty one explanations about what does it mean that Yosef was saying that his brothers were eating every minachai. So I am shown different explanations. Omar Yaakov Yosef. Yaakov said, okay. Now now we're starting the story. Omar Yaakov Yosef. Yaakov said to Yosef, Yosef bini my son Yosef. It's been several days since I heard about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the sheep. Apparently, Yosef's brothers went off to shepherd the sheep somewhere far away, and Yaakov didn't hear back from them. So he's telling Yosef, it's been several days since I heard anything. Go out and see the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the sheep. Go, go check out what's happening. I haven't heard it back from them. I want to see what's happening. They didn't have cell phones back then. Right? And the nar, the, the lad, meaning Yosef, he was going out and he got confused in the, on the road. He was, he, he, was, he was mistaken in the road and he got confused. He didn't know where he was going. Fogabai Gavriel Amalach. Gavriel Amalach bumped into him. You know, you get lost on the street. They, they, didn't, they didn't have, a, what's it called, the GPS. They had Gavrila Mahal. Yeah. What were you going to say? What is Toa here? So the top. Toa? The Toa is normally with a test. Yeah. So Toa with a, with a test just means like it's not any mistake. And Toa with a tough means like a mistake in direction. You go for GPS, go Gaber or Postal Service, something like so, so Yosef pumps into Gavriel Amalach, how convenient. Shemar says to him, Ish An Ish found him, a man found him, and he is wandering. You can also say Toyam is like wandering in the field. So what's this Ish? Ish ze Gavriel. Ish means Gavriel. Shemar says in the Apostle, Ish Gavriel asherisi bechazoin. And then we see in Daniel that Daniel calls the Malach Gavriel an Ish. And Ishim Malachim are collectively, angels are collectively called Ishim. So you see that Ish in this passage refers to the Malach Gavriel. That's Malach Amisra? No, that's oh, Michal. Michal. Who's, who, who, who's Gavriel Gavriel is the Malach of fire, the Malach of Gvura. But it, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting, Stam, because you're mentioning it. It's interesting because there's a few places that we find Gavriel specifically helping out Yosef. Um, like the Gemara says that Gavriel came and taught him the 70 languages. Very interesting. Uh, There's yeah. another that says that Gavriel was the one who told everyone that he wasn't really Mizana with Ashes Pantifar. So we find Gavriel like helping him out. Even though usually Gavriel is like the Malach of Gavur and Din.
Yeah. So we have to know exactly how these things work. What? And it happens to, to his father in general, and then to Abraham Michal shows up. Yeah. Michal, I don't know. I actually looked to see if there was like any other version that says like Michal instead of Gabriel. I didn't find any. Um, yeah. In the Ba'is Hagadol, he, he wants to say that it was Pasha to us that it was for sure a Malach that, that Yosef is talking to. Where it says, uh, what's it called? That a man found them. Because what does the Ish say? The Ish says to him, oh, the Ba'is says, I'm Allah the, the Malach said to him, what are you requesting? What are you looking for? I'm looking for your brothers, my brothers. I'm looking for my brothers. Right? And then the next, the, the, under the passage is, Where are they uh, pasturing? Where are they bringing the sheep to pasture? Right? So he didn't say to the person, I'm looking for brothers. Do you know my brothers? Maybe you know where they are? He didn't say, do you know them? He's assuming that you know who they are. I'm just asking you, where are they? So the Bais HaGadol says from that, we can assume that whoever Yosef was talking to was for sure a Malach. Because only a Malach would, know, would for sure know the brothers, and just the shadow is, where are they? Okay. Says the Medrash, Helichai Eitzel Echov, Gavriel brought Yosef to his brothers, And Yosef's brothers saw him, and they desired to kill him. They wanted to kill him. They saw him from afar, and they said, we're going to kill him. Ruvain. Ruvain said to the, the brothers, Altish don't spill blood. Meaning, he said, Don't spill, don't we're not gonna actively go out and kill Yosef. Rather, what we're gonna do is like this. let's throw him in this pit, Midbar, which is in the wilderness, and he'll die over there. And we'll only be passively killing him. We won't be actively killing him and it won't be such an avera that we're doing over here and we'll get rid of him and we won't be we won't be implicated for this sin. Even though technically in Halakha, um, as the Radal points out, there's a government that if you do such a thing, you're still considered a Ritzayach. Even though you didn't, you didn't you didn't technically kill him. You just like left him in a situation where it was impossible for him to survive. That's called killing him. It's tantamount to killing him. But but Reuben saying like let's, let's not try to like actively kill him. We'll only like passively kill him. Really, Reuben was trying to save him, as we're gonna see. But you know they took the bait and they're like, okay, yeah, let's kill him in this passive way. Bishamuloy Echav, his brothers listened to him. Right, Reuben's brothers listened to him. They took Yosef and they threw him into a pit. And they took him and they threw him into a pit. Fine. What did Reuben do? Reuben went and he settled or he, he, he pitched his tent or whatever. He hung out he, he, for that night at one of the mountains so that in the middle of the night he would be able to come down the mountain and pull out Yosef from the pit but as we're going to see Reuben's plan did not work it's not going to work out like that it says Echad. nine of Yosef's brothers were sitting in one place I mean why nine because you have the twelve sons of Yaakovinu minus Yosef right so that's eleven Minus Binyamin, because Binyamin is too young, he's not involved in this. Minus Reuven, because Reuven is elsewhere. So you have nine. Nine sons of, Yis- of Yaakovino. So the nine brothers were sitting in one place. Belev Echad Ve'etza Echos. 
and they had one heart and one advice when they took one counsel and they all dis- they all agreed unanimously about what they're going to do that they're going to sell him a caravan of Ishmaelites passed by the brother said let's go and sell him to these Ishmaelites and the Ishmaelites will, ta- will take him, will take Yosef to the edge of the wilderness. And Yaakov will never hear anything about Yosef again. Everything will be good. It'll be all hunky dory because Yosef won't be in our, won't make us any trouble. He'll be far away, and Yaakov Avinu won't know, won't know anything will happen. Everything will be good. They sold Yosef to the Ishmaelim for 20 pieces of silver. And each of the brothers, each of the 10 brothers, took two pieces of silver. Yeah. One second. It took two pieces of silver in order to buy Liknes Minolim Braglehem, to buy shoes for their feet. Shinem, it says the Pasuk, Al Mikram Bakasef Tzadik, about. This is Amais giving Musar to Bnei to the to the to the Shvatim Bnei Yisrael. It says like uh, what's the lashon of the pasuk? Al Shlaisha Al Shlaisha Pishei Yisrael Valarbal Yishivenu. And he the Sefer Amos is a very interesting um, structure. He goes to different nations of the world and he says like this nation did such and such averas. You know, for three of them, you know, I could sort of forgive them, but the fourth one, I can't forgive them. This nation did such and such affairs, for three of them, I could forgive the fourth one, etc., 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 like a bunch of different Galatian nations. And then it goes to Yisrael and then to Yehuda also. So one of the affairs of Yisrael was Al-Mikram Bekesef Tzadik, that they sold a Tzadik for silver. And Evian, the poor man, the destitute man, they sold him for shoes. Okay, so now we, we, we just said a whole bunch of things over here that we have to... Uh, catch up on. First of all, Rabbi Pomerantz's question. We said there's only nine brothers, right? So he said there's nine brothers. They sold Yosef for 20 pieces of silver, and each one took two pieces. But there's only nine. So it had 20 divided into nine. Right? It should be t- t- 20 divided by 10 is two, not 20 divided by nine. So Mufarshim will say that even though Reuven wasn't present when they sold Yosef, but they still divided the money into 10 parts, and they gave the money to Reuven. Reuven got his money afterwards. He wasn't there, but they, they gave him the money afterwards. His two, piece, two pieces of silver. And, but, and, and we're going to see later on in the Menish that even though Reuven wasn't present at the time of the sale, but Reuven definitely knew about it afterwards. At least according to Pekka Debliezer. Now, the Redal points out that in the Zayar it says that in Zayar on page, in Bereshit Kuf Pehemed it says that Lo Yada Reuven Mizvine De Yosef. That Reuven never knew about the fact that they sold Yosef, and it was only revealed to Reuven that Yosef was sold at the time that Yosef, as viceroy of Mitzrayim, revealed his identity. Yeah. He was, he, he, by accepting the money, but 
as if, as if he was there. No, so, so the Radha wants to say that it could be they didn't tell him what the money was for. They just gave him like, oh yeah, we owe you this extra money or whatever. We'll give it to him without telling him that it had to do with selling Reuven. Oh. If you understand that, that Reuven never, uh, it was without selling Yosef. If you understand that Reuven never knew about it. But if you learn like Pinky the Blazer, that Reuven is going to know about it. So you could say that after they sold him, they gave him the money and they told him exactly what happened. Well, it's a good, it's a shadow of whether Reuven is implicated in the sale of Yosef or not. Ooh, we'll have to see exactly what the Mfarshim say about interesting it. Interesting, because by, by, by then when, uh, when Yosef was about to reveal himself, Yehuda was the one dealing the, 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 the whole stuff. Reuven wasn't so right. involved. For some reason. Right. Yeah. Reuven wasn't the... I mean, there is a man. No, but Reuben did try. He was Reuben did try. He said, "My two sons should die." Yes. And then Yaakovina is like, "What's that going to help?" Yeah. And then Yehuda says, "That you know, v'chatis l'chatis l'chat kol ayamim." And then Yaakovina was masking. But yeah, uh, another nakuda is we said that he, he, Yosef Tzadik was sold for twenty pieces of silver. So the Marzu brings the Menish Tanchuba. Then the Menish Tanchuba says, "That's it. Twenty pieces of silver. That's what Yosef is." 20 pieces of silver means, means 20 shkalim of silver. 20 silver shkalim. So the Madrash Tanchuma says, that's it, that's all Yosef was worth? That's what they bought him for, 20 pieces of silver? Rather, the Madrash says, because they threw Yosef into the board, and he was very scared because of the snakes and the scorpions, whatever, so his face became like very white and pale, and, and actually it says green, his face was like very green and pale. It was green and pale, I'm not sure. And, and he looked like he was very weak, so the Yishma'elim were only masking, they only agreed to buy him for a cheaper price. But really he would have been worth more than 20, um, 20 silver pieces. That's what the Marizu brings from the Medish Tanakhuma. And my kasha is that if you look in Parshish B'chul in the Torah, in Parshish B'chul it talks about something called Erechim. Erechim is the value of, of, of people. Like if you want to say like, you know, I want to donate my value to the base of English, so what is exactly your value? So it gives different different amounts. If you have a man between 20 and 60 years old, so his value is 50 shekel kasef. If you have a woman between the age of 20 and 60 years old, so she's worth 30 shekel kasef. If you have a man between uh, 5 years old and 20 years old, so he's worth 20 shekel. A woman between 5 and 20 is 10 shekel, etc. A child less than five years old is is worth fifty shekel. If he's a five shekel, if he's a boy, three if if he's a girl, etc. Right. So the the question is, it says that if you're between five years old and twenty years old, and you're a boy, it's twenty shekel. Right. And Yosef was seventeen years old when he was sold. It's like what's the Medrash bothered by? Oh, he was only sold for twenty shekel. He's he, he, yeah, that's the value of of, of a. So, so, I, so I was I was a shikol bothered by what's the medrash the medrash Tanchuma's question. I think you could say mahalach that the the pasuk compassion is talking about like the average person, the average person between this age is going to be given this value, and then the Torah is kaveya. The Torah gives it as a set amount because then it's hard to like it's hard to exactly estimate or or evaluate how much each person is worth on an individual basis. So the Torah says like this is the average, and we'll go with the average. But Yosef was above average because really Yosef was a fake tariff, a fake merit. Yosef was overly good looking. And the more good looking you are, then the higher price you could be sold as a slave. Yeah, but Erechim is not price you could be sold as a slave. It's so different. It's, it's the Raisa. It's two tenths. And it's not the agents. It's not, it's not the Alki Chachma or Hashibut. But uh, you, would, you would assume that it's somewhat correlated. 
I would assume. No, I, I mean, I, I, I understand that these are, this is a very interesting partial. It's just Xerosakasa. It's Xerosakasa, and I, I fully don't fully understand it. I think I heard somebody say over Rav Hirsch has a very nice explanation of specifically numbers and where they come from. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, apparently like he really built into it and it makes perfect sense. Okay. I, I listened to part of the share and it sounded good, but it, it's only... Uh, so I, have to, I have to see. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly. Right. I just understand. Right. I think it's just there. Dafka, the Torah says this age and this age. This age and this age. So and you think it doesn't have anything to do with the similarity? And you're right. You, that's that is that's his error. Right. But maybe, I mean, obviously that would be his error. Why he didn't get more? Maybe the question is because, for, fine, he got for his age. But the fact that he was also a tzaddik. There's a nedava there. There's an error. There's you know, uh, there's an, there could be an extra amount to give for somebody's shivas. I that above and beyond the error. But here, there's like there, there has to be a connection. There. Yeah. Ask a question on previous topic. Yeah. What was Yosef doing for so many hours in a pit with a lot of scorpions and, uh, and snakes? There's no mention about it. What was happening? It was like for like in, at least like half a day, right? What did he do? I don't know. He was probably, probably, probably dominating. I don't know. I know scorpions and snakes, they don't wait. Actually, that's not true. I believe, if I may. Snakes wait. That's why by Shimon and Esrei, if a snake's wrapped around your foot, you, you're not allowed to stop. The Rabbeinu... Only if it's not poisonous Tegura, snake. Uh, uh, according to him, he says a snake means you're not allowed to stop because the snakes don't just attack you until you attack them. But a scorpion, you, you do stop and you run away. Mm-hmm. The scorpions just attack people. I've seen it. I've been attacked by scorpions. Okay, so that's so, 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 the problem. They say there was only one lazy snake there. And it says there, there were snakes and scorpions. Scorpions. Well, was the nace that nothing was. It was probably a nace that nothing happened. To him. Especially, if, especially when when when, you, when you're being yeah, thrown into the pit, yeah, and the impact it. will will get them angry. The snakes and the scorpions. The imp- when you just fall on top of them because you've been thrown in, would get them angry, and they didn't do anything. That's already a nace in itself. Is there another place in the Torah that talks about twenty five shakalim v'zeshrin gera? Not by Arachim, but there's another place we're talking about Esrim Geira, which is Esrim Shekalim. There's another, or I'm getting the number wrong. Yeah, yeah, Esrim Geira is a shekel, but that, what shekel is? That's, that's shekel? just defining what, what a shekel is. Oh. Uh. It says it somewhere else in the, in the, but maybe that was Kashur also. Okay, so, oh, so is it with another, another, idea, another idea over here is the, the Radal asks, like why Dafka did they buy shoes? Like what was the significance of buying shoes? So he, the Radal explains because they looked at Yosef. The, the reason why they got wanted to get rid of him is because they thought that Yosef was being overly gaivadik. He was being overly haughty, overly proud, and that he thinks he's going to be the king over us, etc. Right? So they bought shoes to show that like Yosef's value is like the value of a shoe. That the shoe sits there on the floor with the dirt, you know, the dirt is like the lowest of the low, so that's where Yasef belongs. Like he belongs with the lowest of the low. He doesn't belong to be above us. That's the significance of the shoes. Fine. Amru, they said, Nachrim, Beinenu, She'ein Echad, Mimenu, Magid, Hadover, Le'yakav, Avinu, 
Let's make a cheirem between ourselves so that none of us are going to, that no one is going to tell about the matter to Yaakov Avinu until we have permission from all of us. We're going to make a deal, we're going to make a pact, we're all going to get together and make this cheirem, then no one's going to tell Yaakov Avinu until we all agree together to, to, that, that Yaakov Avinu should be told. Um, right, we know, we're, I guess we're all familiar with the idea of a cheirem. There's different ways, of, uh, it's called haflas. Hafla is verbal ex- expressions, that verbal expressions in halacha can create a halachic reality, right? A man who makes a nether or a shvua, right? So he's not allowed to profane his word. You have to follow your word. A nether or a shvua. So cherem is the same type of thing, even though it's not mentioned explicitly in that parsha of nedarim and shvuas, in the beginning of Matais, but there is such a thing called a cherem, and there's different exactly explanations of where and when and what a cherem does. We had in this past week's parsha that if you give a cherem, if you make a, if you say like this book or this box is cherem, so that means it goes to the kohanim. Stam cherem is the kohanim. It goes to hektish or to kohanim, etc. Right? But the idea of a cherem is that you're you're imposing and you're imposing an iser, you're imposing an obligation upon yourself in a verbal way, just like a nether or a shvua. Cherem differs from neder and shvua in a few different ways. One of the ways is that a neder or a shvua, I can only make a neder or shvua on myself or on my own property. I could say, I'm not going to get benefit from you, or I could say, I'm not going to let my property give you benefit. That's a, that's, those are two types of nedarim. But I can't say, he's not going to get benefit from you. I can't, I can't impose a nether on you that you're not going to get enough from him or your property is not going to get... It doesn't work like that. that a cherem does work. A cherem, you can impose a cherem on somebody else. But we still have to see exactly, exactly different kedarim of the cherem. The famous, the, the bala member of cherem, the, 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 the main maramakam about cherem is the ramban. The Ramban in the end of Parshas Bukhukaisai, the last piece of, over there in Parshas Vayikra, uh, in the Sefer Vayikra, and the Ramban wrote a separate a kuntris called Kuntris Mishpatei Cherem, which is all about different things about Cherem and how Cherem works, etc. So that, that, that's like the Ramban. I didn't have a chance to go through every detail of the Ramban and write it down, but hopefully within the next few weeks I'll be able to do that and we can speak a little bit more about it. So the, so the brothers got together and said, we're going to make a cherem that no one's going to tell Yaakov Avinu about, about this, about that we sold Yosef. Omer lahem Yehuda. Yehuda said to them, but he said, Reuven enekan. Reuven is not here. Ve'ena cherem eskayim ela ba'asara. Reuven is not here and a cherem cannot be, cannot be established without 10 people. You need 10 people to make, you need a minion. You need 10 Jews to make a cherem, 10 men to make a cherem. And Reuven is not here. We only have nine. So how can you make a cherem? Interestingly, we, we, if you guys remember way back when did, we did Parakiyotes, so there was a list of different things in the Prickly Libliezer of things that ha- require a minion, that require 10 people. And it was not one of them. But oh. it's interesting that why the manager doesn't mention that over there. But, okay, so Reuben, Yehuda says, Reuben's not here, how can we have a cherem? We don't have a minion. We need 10 people. Met also, so the says, what do they do? They uh, partnered Hashem, Lamakim Hashem, with them, and they made the cherem with Hashem. It was nine people plus Hashem, because otherwise they wouldn't be able to make a cherem, because they need ten people to make a cherem. 
we'll hopefully in a few minutes we'll get back to this point why you need 10 people to make a cherem and exactly which point which prat, which detail of a cherem requires a minion and why Hashem oh of course Hashem would want this I mean understand what is it okay what okay what does it mean what does it mean that they they partnered Hashem with them they added Hashem into them what does that mean? Like Hashem joined them. Did like a boss cult come out and say, Oh, I agree. Now we have ten. No, Pashas, that's not what happened. So the Mufarshim say different explanations of how do we know that Hashem, how did the brothers know that Hashem joined with them? I have over here three explanations. The first one is from the Mizrahi over here on the bottom. I, 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 I'll just a disclaimer. I'm not I'm not satisfied with any of these three explanations. These are the three explanations that I found. The, the first one is the Baisa Gadol on the bottom that you guys have. He brings from the Mizrahi. That the Mizrahi says that the brothers had a Kabbalah from their forefathers that one of the brothers is destined to be sold and brought down to Mitzrayim and that should, that's going to bring about the fulfillment of the promise to Yaakov Avinu that his descendants are going to be strangers in a foreign land for 400 years. That they had such a cabal that such a thing was supposed to happen and therefore they reasoned when we sold Yosef that's, the, you know, that's on the way to starting the fulfillment of that cabal that we had and if we tell Yaakov Avinu what happened then, what, then Yaakov is just going to send the Shliach and try to get Yosef back and redeem him. Right? And then we won't all end up going down. So rather, what's, what, what's supposed to happen is that we shouldn't tell Yaakov Vino and let everything play out as it's supposed to. And, 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 that, and, we, and from the fact that we have this Kabbalah, and this is the only way it seems that the Kabbalah will work out, it tells us that Hashem joined, agreed with it, and, and, and that's, that's how we know that Hashem is the tenth man. That's the Mizrahi's pshat. Okay, that's a pshat, and uh, it's. Problem with that pshat? I don't know. It's just very hard to to to, to be makabel. And Yaakovinu didn't know about that Kabbalah, and like, they knew they were going down to Mitzrayim. They knew Yosef was going to Mitzrayim. Okay, maybe not Mitzrayim. Maybe a, a certain place. He said Mitzrayim, but a certain place. No, well, yeah, but wait. The the prophecy given to Abraham was not Mitzrayim, was it? It was no, wasn't it specifically a foreign land. Yeah. So here they thought Yishmaelim are coming. He used to go maybe to to the Yishmael land. Could be somewhere. If Yaakov knew also, maybe he had the chiyuv to do Ishtakos to get him out. And then and later on in the story, that, that later on in the story, so 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 the, so the brothers are like asking Yosef for mechila, and Yosef is like, "Don't worry, Hashem made it all happen. Like this is all part of the plan." Yeah. So the brothers should have said, "What do you mean? Why are they brought, why are they asking for mechila? They knew that it was part of the plan." Yes, the, something like that. But it was part of the plan. No, it's not already that no? It was part of the plan. No, you still because no, they. They consciously knew in the beginning that it was part of the plan and they consciously did this because they saw that this was the only way of fulfilling that plan. They could have explained to him, listen, this is its time. We feel it's time. You need to go wander off. We're not going to throw you into a bore. We're not going to sell, sell you to Ishmael. You need to go off and find your way in the world because we got to get this plan happening. Now, they did the wrong thing and they, the way they did it, they didn't, they didn't realize exactly Dafka, the plan, but they knew something and the... Uh, and the I, 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 did you, did you ever hear, I don't know where it comes from, I don't know who, I don't know if I'm going to says the reason, I heard it in North America, I don't it. The reason why they had this, such a Sina for him, is because they thought it was like a, just like a minimum, 
they, 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 they didn't just look up all this account. Um, Abraham Avinu has his, uh, had, had two sons. One of them was bad. Our grandfather also had two sons. One of them was bad. Was a One of us must be a bad guy. And we are all good guys. But the, the, the bad guys do what uh, that one. They're trying to trick my our father, like Asaph was trying to do. You know, I was like, where? Yeah, I heard. I heard such a shot, so I don't know where it comes from. I think I heard. I remember hearing such. That's why it explains a little bit of the scene and the plan. This plan and everything. Because they're just trying to get rid of him for for good reason, not a bad reason. Yeah, I don't know. I I remember hearing such thing. I don't know where it comes from. The second shot. So how did the brothers know that Hashem joined in with their chem to be, to make the minion? So the Maral says another shot. He says that because they knew that if the Yaakov Avin would find out that they sold Yosef, he makes two assumptions. This is like the first assumption is that if Yaakov Avin would find out that they sold Yosef, Yaakov Avin would curse them. Assumption one. Assumption two. Hashem doesn't want Yaakov Avin to curse his sons. It's a second assumption. So it has to be that Hashem doesn't want it to be revealed to Yaakov Avinu that Yosef was sold. That's how, they, that's how they knew that Hashem joined in their chair. The third shot is the Marik. The Marik is in... This was the Maral. Maral The third shot is the Marik. Shout out to Chubas Marik, Sherish Lamed Zayin. And then I found that... Sorry, can I say the second over? The second shot is that the, the Maral says that he makes two assumptions. The first assumption is that if Yaakovin would find out that, Yosef, that the brothers sold Yosef, so Yaakovin would curse the brothers. That's one assumption. The second assumption is that Hashem doesn't want it that Yaakovin should ever curse his sons. So that would, that would follow that Hashem doesn't want it that Yaakovin will ever find out that Yosef was sold by the brothers. So that means that he must have been masking to the Kher. The third shot is the Marik. In Shalos Tshuvas Marik, and also in I found that in, in his Pirush on Chumash, right? In his Pirush on Chumash, the Marik in Parshas Vayeshev also says this very big kitzer, but he's similar, like you, you you know it from the Tshuva. The Marik says that the Pshat is that the brothers reasoned that why is Yosef being sold? Why why was Hashem giving us Hatzlacha to sell Yosef? Because it must be Einish for our father because he left his father for 22 years so he gets punished that Yosef is going to leave him for 22 years. Right? So it's part of the punishment. Now if Yaakovina would find out so Yaakovina would do what he can to get Yosef back and then that would annul the entire punishment. So the brothers reason that it must be that Yaakovina is not supposed to find out. That's what the Marek says. Very sure chat. The Maral brings down the Marik, he disagrees with it. He says like, Meich tasty to say that the brothers knew that Hashem wanted to punish Yaakov you know, for, for leaving his father by having Yosef leave him. Very difficult to shout. very interesting to, to, to think that someone could make an assumption on how, how Hashem rules the, yeah. uh, the accounting of someone else. Right. Like it's, uh, I never such a thing. Yeah, it's like you know, it's none of your business. That's like Hashem. Is, that's Hashem's chesed with him, and then Hashem's chesed with you or something. Else. Someone can make true, but then the, 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 the count is just like a, you know, just a zero the whole thing. Yeah. Making true or something different. Agav, I, I, someone recently sh- pointed to me. Uh, there's a safer ba- base Yishai from Shlomo Fisher from uh, Itri Yeshiva. Shlomo Fisher Shlita, we're Shiva and Itri Yeshiva. So he writes in Chelak Aleph, the end of Drush Lamed, in Sefer Beis Yishai, he writes that the story of Mechiros Yosef happened on Sar Batevis. So it's, it's, it's on his own Chiddush. I never saw anyone else who says such a thing. It's on Chiddush. Al-Kapanim says the Medrash. 
Reuven went down in the middle of the night to bring Yosef up from the pit. The Radal says it's coming to teach you how big of a tzaddik Reuven was. Because in the middle of the night, you can't see down when you look in a pit because it's, it's pitch black. So what did Reuven do if he wanted to go save Yosef? He went down into the pit himself to go save him. It's dangerous, right? It stinks of scorpions. But Reuven himself put himself in a sakana to go save Yosef. He went there and he did not find Yosef there. Amr lahem. So Reuven said to his brothers, Haraktem es Yosef, you killed Yosef. Vani anna And me, where am I going to go? I, I had a Christ, I was supposed to protect him, and you guys killed him. What's going to be with me? Maybe he was sleeping. It's the middle of the night. He was afraid of the scorpions and the snakes. I couldn't, you know, okay, fine, but I'm saying maybe. You, if you can't see, then you don't know what's happening. Again. Scream, just wake him up. So, so, so Reuben got upset. I guess he got upset. He said, look, you guys killed, you killed Yosef, and what's going to be with me? So the brothers told um, Reuben what they did, that sold Yosef, and about the cherem, that they made a cherem that no one's supposed to tell Yaakov Avinu. And Reuben heard about the cherem that, that they're not supposed to tell Yaakov Avinu that Yosef was sold. And he was quiet, he didn't tell Yaakov Avinu. He was very pleased with that, maybe. Because he was the first one who wanted to, to save him. Maybe, maybe the only one. So there's an opportunity to say, like, oh, okay, he's not dead. At least he's not dead, yeah. yeah. Because he was the one to say, don't kill him. Right. No, 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 even Hashem didn't tell Yaakov that Yosef is sold. It says in the Pasuk, Magid Dvar of Yaakov. Hashem is described as a person, as someone who is Magid Dvar of Yaakov. He tells his words to Yaakov. And but this matter, He didn't tell Yaakov. Therefore, Yaakov did not know about the matter that happened to Yosef. And when he was confronted with Yosef's Xenus passed him dipped in blood, he said, Tarek Taraf Yosef. Yosef was surely, uh, uh, what's it called, clawed by a, by a wild animal. Right? So Hashem didn't reveal it to Yaakov, Reuven didn't reveal it to Yaakov. Rashin Chumash brings down the Yitzchak Avinu had a Nevoah that he knew that Yosef was sold and he himself didn't reveal it to Yaakov because of this Kherim as well. And there's another mention that says Binyamin also. Binyamin knew what happened. I guess the brothers told Binyamin. And Binyamin knew what happened that Yosef was sold. And he didn't say anything to Yaakov Avinu. The message says that the, one of the, the, the gems on the Chayshin, right? The, so it's called Oydem Pitnav Vorakas, Ruin Shem Levi, etc. etc. The last set of three is Tarshish Shoyham Vyashfei. But Yashfei is Binyamin. Right? The twelfth one is Binyamin. Right? What's Yashfei? So Yashfei is, you can, you can look at it as a portmanteau of two words. Yashfei is Yesh Peh. There is a mouth. The, the, the Binyamin's representation on the Cheshire was there is a mouth. That there is a mouth of Binyamin that could tell Yaakov Avinu what happened. And he, that he didn't tell Yaakov Avinu what happened. He was silent. You know, that's, that's a special zchus. Even though he wasn't part of the Cheshire. What? Even though he wasn't part of the even though he wasn't part of, part of the cherem, but as we said before, that a cherem you can you can impose the cherem on other people. Reuven wasn't originally part of the cherem either. The cherem was just the nine brothers plus Hashem. 
And then, the, and still, when they told Reuben that they made such a cherem, Reuben didn't reveal what happened. The same thing with Yitzchak. The same thing with Binyamin. Be- because of the cherem, they didn't reveal it. Um, yeah, there's, there's this farmak about this idea that that that, that Binyamin has this mila of being quiet at the right time. This, that, that was the schus of Esther, right? By the story of Purim, Ain Esther Magedes. Esther didn't tell about her, her origins because Esther is from, from Shevet Binyamin. It was the school, so the idea of Binyamin. It could be also they say that it comes from Rachel because Rachel was quiet about the Simonim. And she, 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 the way they say it is that the, the, the simon between Yaakov and, 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 and Rachel was going to be that Rachel would come in and pretend like she's Leah. Right? So by Rachel not telling Leah anything, so Leah spoke normally, and then that was the simon that, that, that she was able to marry Yaakov Avinu. So her silence, you know, allowed her sister to marry Yaakov Avinu. There's other professors that say other things about what exactly the simon was, but there's different ways of explaining it. You see this idea of Rachel and Binyamin and Esther, that they were, they were quiet, and that it's a hush of Amidah. Okay, so we said earlier, oh, we have to say this, that a cherem can only come about when there's ten people. Right? So what's this idea of Ein Acherem Miskayim Basar? So Rabbeinu Tam brings down this Medrash and he understands this Medrash that the whole idea of Cherem only exists when you have the 10 people, when you have a minion. Less than 10 people, there's no such thing as a Cherem. That's what Rabbeinu Tam says. Now, Shalos Tshubas Marach Ar from the son of the Ar he shouts to Marach He brings down this Rabbeinu Tam, and he disagrees. He says, "No, that's not the Pshat in the Medrash." He says, "The, the Pshat in the Medrash is like this: Really, you can create an idea of a cherem even with less than ten people. But if you want to impose the cherem on somebody else, so then you need a very strong cherem, and such a strong cherem can only come with those ten people." So over here, the question wasn't, is there a cherem or is there no cherem? The question is, can we use this cherem to stop anyone or any entity from talking to Yaakov and telling him about Mechiras Yosef? And for that, we needed 10 to block, let's say, Yitzchak and Binyamin also. So for that, we needed 10. So that's why they, they had to bring HaKadosh Baruch with them. That's what Marach Arzurua says. But Zayis Ranan says a similar idea in Yaakov Shemaini. Uh, Rem is Kufmem Gimel. He says that Avada, like we said, from the Marach Azarul, there is such a thing as a Cherem less than 10 people. So what's the mile of 10 people? Mile of 10 people is that you can only make a Cherem, you can only make a Cherem on, on yourselves when you make a Cherem or on people, let's say, lower, on a lower status than you. But in order to make a cherem, and you can see, he's saying you can even impose a cherem on other people with less than ten. Right? He's arguing on the marachers. Even impose it on other people with less than ten. But to impose it on someone who's greater status than you, that you need ten. That makes it a real solid cherem. So, like, if the brothers would want to make it, let's say Yitzchak, let's say Yitzchak, who's greater than them, right? Even Binyamin could be greater than them. The Gemara and the Pastor says that Binyamin died the etayishal nachash. He died without any sin. Right? So Binyamin is also greater than them. If they want to impose the cherem on someone greater than them, so then they would need a minion of ten people. Oh, uh, he was a kid by then. Okay. okay. Oh, he wasn't. I don't know how, how much of it. Okay, he was eleven years old, right? Okay, but I remember Yeah. How about you? Reuben was was bigger than was before, right? Yeah, but Reuben already sinned, so he like lost. The, he he in some certain ways lost the bechira. The shadow of when Reuben lost the bechira. And, and, and Yosef got it, 
Did Yosef only get it later on and then Reuven lost it or Reuven lost it right away? I, this is one of the things I spoke oh, about yeah. by, my, by my little brother's bar mitzvah. I spoke about Kibbut Acha Gadol in the story of, of Yosef and Reuven when, when the Bukhara switched. <laughs> by my youngest brother's bar mitzvah. Did it work? What? Yeah, no, whatever. No, there's a whole story behind it because they made they made a, my parents made a, they made a kiddush in the shul, and they were gonna have a suda in the shul afterwards after the kiddush. The problem is if you get the entire community to come for a kiddush, how are you gonna get rid of everyone for the suda? To make the suda, you know, like only for family and close friends or whatever. How are you gonna get rid of everyone? So the plan was that between the kiddush and the suda, I would give a drasha. And then, you know, they were setting off and whatever, whatever, and then people kept leaving and leaving and leaving. And then, you know, my father gave me the signal, and they're like, okay, I'm finished, and then we can start the suda. Uncle Ponim, that's the Zayus Rana's shot. They, they, they need a tent to impose the cherem on someone greater than them. The Marik. In the Chuvas Marek in Sheresh Lamed Zion, he says another pshat. He says that no, even you, he says that even with ten people, you can never impose a cherem on anybody else. It's only for the ten people themselves, and it's never going to go on anyone else. So it says so so so, and and the whole idea of cherem is only with ten people, like sort of like Rabbi Natan. The idea of ten of of, of cherem is only with ten people. So it says so what pshat in the Medrash over here. Medrash over here says that, that, that they, they had nine people, Reuven wasn't there, so they added a Shem, right? So then it says that they told Reuven, and Reuven heard it, and he was quiet, he accepted the Kherim. But according to the Marik, the, the Kherim can't be imposed on Reuven, because Reuven wasn't there, and it was, it was, it was ten people without Reuven. It says it was Shatak. Shatak, he would be guilty too, he didn't want to say anything. He would be considered just as... You know, uh, no, he he, he, he should be mutter. Should be mutter for him because they can't impose the cherem on him. No, but yeah, the seder it's not imposed upon him. That's why it says vishasak. You're saying vishasak even era. without the cherem. You're saying even without. I hear. You're saying you're saying the ikra thing. He didn't need to be vishasak, but he was anyways. I hear. The 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 MS. No, I still stick to my plan to lie to you know. You're saying like the psychological part. Yeah, You're saying a psychological part. So the MS is that the, the Marik has a different Kirsa in, in the Pig of Eliezer when he brings it down. He says that when they told Reuven about it, so Shitfu Imahem, they added Reuven to the Kherm. They like redid the Kherm. Now with 10 real people, and then, and then Reuven um, was, was added to the Kherm. There's a few more lines I, I want to do. But 
The sale of Yosef was not atoned for by the Shvatim until they died. It's revealed in the ears of Hashem, Lord, the, the host of the legions. If, if meaning it won't be that there will be a kapara for this sin until they die. And the Mufarshim speak out that the the ten Shvatim who were involved in Mechir Yosef were Gilgulim, Winizgalgulu, in the ten Asara Haruge Malchus, each of them died. And then the Asara Haruge Malchus, that was the Malchus was a kapara, as we say, for Mechir Yosef. We say it in the Pute on, uh, on what's it called? Tishibov and Kippur. We said it by false. I don't remember. We, the, the the idea of of uh, Sarah Rugi Machos was a was a was a tikkun for Mechiras Yosef. It's not, it's a, you have to know the Cheshbon exactly because there were only nine brothers involved in Mechiras Yosef. Reuven wasn't involved. So where's the ten? So some count some count Reuven, some count Yosef, some count Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself. There's different ways of counting it. I wanted to make a chart, but I didn't end up doing it. Um, some I just. Looked at the calendars. I saw. I saw today that today was the yard site of Rav Hanina ben Tragin, the story of Avodah one of the Asara Haruge Malchus who was killed, who was burnt alive with the Sefer Torah. So today I forgot which Shevet Rav Hanina ben Tragin was connected. The Sefer Torah also he talks about like which one of the Asara Haruge Malchus was connected with Shevet. Like they said, Rav Kiva was either connected to Sachar or connected Yosef, connected Hashem. There's different explanations. Right. And through, in Mechiris Yosef, meaning either as a punishment for Mechiris Yosef, or meaning in the time of Mechiris Yosef, after Mechiris Yosef, came, a famine came to Eretz Yisrael, Sheva Shonen for seven years, and the ten brothers of Yosef came down to buy provisions in, from Mitzrayim, and they saw that Yosef was alive, and then they... Um, they were matir the cherem, the same, just like by a nether or a sh- uh, not by a shul, but by a nether, you can make a nether and then you can do hataras in the dorm. So by a cherem, you can impose the cherem, and then the same people that made the cherem can take away the cherem. So they were matir the cherem. Mishava Yaakov al Yosef Shulchai. Yaakov heard about Yosef. He's alive. The Chayisai Ruchai, and his spirit came alive. Shneim, as it says in the pasuk, Vatachi Ruach Yaakov Avihem, and the spirit of Yaakov came alive. Was the spirit of Yaakov Inu dead that you could say that it came alive? Some said that he died and he came to life. What does it mean he died and he came to life? What does it mean that the spirit of Yaakov Inu left him because of this cherem? The Ruach HaKadosh left Yaakov Avinu and he wasn't told about Mechiras Yosef. And once they were matted this cherem, the Holy Spirit of Hashem rested upon Yaakov like it was in the beginning. The Spirit of Yaakov came to life. And Unkelis translates that a Ruach Nevoa, a, pro, a, a, a prophetic spirit, rested upon Yaakov their father. That's what says the Targum Unkelis. And the Radal says that this was added later on because Unclus was a Talmud of Rabbi Eliezer. Yeah. So how could it be impacted? It says that it was added later on just to clarify what we're trying to say over here that Yaakovin lost his Ruch al-Kaidish because Hashem didn't want to tell him about Mechir Yosef. And then other Mufarshim said that because Yaakovin was sad because he thought Yosef was dead, so that just added to it and that made it that once you're sad, you can't have a Nevoah because 
Simashal Dvar Mitzvah. So Yaakov Inu couldn't have Nevoah. It was said, it was like a vicious cycle. And then now that the Cherem was Mutter, so now the, 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 Yaakov Inu could have Ruach HaKadosh or Ruach Nevoah to tell him that Yosef was sold, and then everything was, he was happy, able, able to be happy again, and then he got back his Nevoah. So this sounds like Yaakov Inu did find out about the Mechir Yosef in the end. There are Mufarshim Roshanim that said that Yaakov Inu never found out about it, but that's for what, 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 what mentioned over here is saying that he did find out about it in the end. Okay. Go ahead.